And in a blink of an eye, the Jets playoff hopes were flushed down the toilet. Zach Wilson sucks. And I don't want him anywhere near being the Jets quarterback ever again. The Zach Wilson Jets era is over. The Jets messed up. They took him number two. He's not the guy. He's in shambles. He's not there on the field. Mentally, he's not there. He needs to go. Whether you get a bag of balls for him or a seventh-round pick, the Zach Wilson era is over, and the Jets' playoff hopes are essentially crushed down the drain after a 19-3 loss to the Jaguars on Thursday night. For those fans who went to that game, God bless your hearts. Sitting through those conditions to see that, you deserve a refund and a trip to the beach, a trip to Cabo where the Jets will be on January 10th after the season is over and after they pack their bags in Florham Park. From 7-4 and four to this garbage. Another season not making the playoffs. 12 years in a row. We have waited long enough as Jets fans. And this is inexcusable. I'm pissed off today. And I'll talk about it with Kaz. And Gary Vee's going to join us as well. It's all coming up next on Gangs All Here from the New York Post, presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to Gangdall here in New York Jets podcast with the New York Post. Jake Brown here alongside Jets beat writer Brian Costello. Coming up later in the show, we'll be joined by diehard Jets fan, mogul, Vayner Sports, Vayner Meet, everything he does. Gary V will join us in just a little bit. This episode of Gangs All Here is presented by Tri-State Cadillac, Cadillac Dealers. Visit your Cadillac showroom today. Happy holidays, Kaz. Happy let holidays, get, Jake. Let me get my greetings and salutations. How's your Friday morning? Oh, it's just absolutely atrocious. A once promising Jets season cause is now toast. A Jets team that was once standing at five and two in the playoffs in the first half of the season, a team that had a playoff spot at seven and four Thanksgiving weekend with six games remaining, had us going through which team we want to play, which city. Hmm, do we want ribs in Kansas City? Do we want wings in Buffalo? Do we want to go? To uh, Tootsie's in Tennessee. Do we want to take a road trip to Baltimore? Hmm. Where do we want to go on January 14th, January 15th, when the Jets are back in the playoffs for the first time in 11 years? Four losses later, after an embarrassment against the Jacksonville Jaguars at MetLife Stadium in the rain, the Jets are now 7-8, and eight, and those playoff dreams feel like a lifetime ago and that's only fitting cause for a Jets franchise set to continue the NFL long drought of 12 years without making the playoffs, barring a miracle here in the final three weeks where they got to win two games. They got to get help from Miami. They got to get help from New England. They got to get help from your mother, your sister, your cousin, your dog, your pet goldfish. The coaching was overmatched on both sides of the ball. The once elite defense came down to earth. They didn't create turnovers. They didn't make enough impact plays. The offense was unwatchable. Michael first play calling sucked. The offensive line has collapsed. 
There was zero run game. And their head coach, Robert Sala, had zero awareness at halftime to come out of the locker room and provide a jolt by making the QB change he had to make that he did two series later after Zach came out and did what he did best. Three and out, three and out. The Boo Birds rained down just like the weather did. Sala opted to wait, and it was too little, too late. The Zach Wilson era is over with the Jets. It's wrapped up like a Christmas present. His present of Jets fans, cold, ineptitude, inability to read a blitz, inability to make a simple throw, inability to use his legs, which is why part of why the Jets drafted him and run for positive yards like the guy who got picked in front of him that we wish the Jets got did on Thursday night. The inability to make any sort of throw and show any competence. He was booed on the field. He was booed off the field. He was booed from my couch. He was booed from every Jets fan couch and any bar you may have gone to to the point that I poured up a glass of wine in the third quarter because I couldn't take it anymore. It was a disgraceful display of football, and the Jets' playoff hopes are down the drain like a post-game trip after Chipotle, guys. Man, this sucks. Big picture, good future, bright future. I'm not ready to look at the big picture right now. I'm ready to look at right now, and what happened these last four weeks makes your blood boil as a Jets fan. I am so mad at this team. And I I know I said seven wins, and I know I said in the hunt. That in the hunt talk was good three or four weeks ago. In the hunt sucks now. I hate it. Throw those three words out of the English language right now because that last week game in Miami, cause not for just me going to South Beach, having fun in the sun, whatever. That game should have mattered. And right now it looks like that game won't matter, just like every last game of the Jets season. I'm pissed off. Looks like you're going to an engagement party, Jake. Woo! Uh-oh. I mean, you were there, and yeah, I was I'm, there. Just, I'm just thinking from my couch, Cos. Like, how did you fans go to that game? How do you sit through? I felt like I was sitting through it on the couch. God bless them. God Give bless them a large fans. Pepsi, yeah, not a medium. I mean, in week I mean, one, it was ugly. Like it didn't rain as hard as they said it was going to for the entire game, but it was. Misting the entire game. It was windy. It was just a miserable raw night at the Meadowlands. And then to watch that product on the field where the offense couldn't do anything. Those pe- poor people, you know, just I, I don't know. They, they they are the diehards that were at that game. Yeah, I mean, if it had come out a different way and you're at seven wins at this point, maybe you're, you're happier. But they raised expectations by the way they started the season. Everything that went right for the Jets in the first part of the season has gone wrong in the last four weeks. And that's kind of, I hate to say it, but this is who the jets are, right? They're, they, we, I don't think anyone ever got delusional that this was a 11 win, 12 win team, right? Like you kind of thought 10 was the, was the max and it looked good you know, they were, when they were at seven and four. Right. Uh, but you know, this is a 500 team right now and they're, they're playing themselves back to 500. And so this is kind of the, the, but you know, Jake, you talk about the future and like, look, they have some great building blocks, but they have a giant hole at the most important position in sports. There's nothing more important than quarterback in any sport you follow. And I don't know what they're going to do because clearly Zach Wilson ain't the guy. And But is Mike White the guy? Nah, I don't know. Uh, and the problem is Mike White's a free agent. So what kind of contract do you give Mike White right now? Like you can't give him a starting quarterback contract for – $35 million. He, he hasn't earned that, but what is he, what is he looking for? And then, you know, do you go into 2023 with him as your guy? Do you go out and get Jimmy Garoppolo? Like there's just a ton of questions to answer this off season at quarterback. And 
look, it's going to be Robert Sala's third year going into next year. He's got to win. It's Joe Douglas's fifth year. I can't, I'm, I'm losing track. And he did obviously had a great, 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 great draft. He got Sauce as a pro bowler. Garrett Wilson could be rookie of the year as well as Sauce. Brees Hall is going to be a star. He did great, but he blew it when he took Zach Wilson number two in, in 2021. And and by the way, Jake, this was the, like the curse of Adam Gase, right? Watching Trevor Lawrence last night because this was Gase's last kick to Jets fans was winning those two games when he was basically dead man walking in December of 2020 and Trevor Lawrence looks like the real freaking deal, man. Like that, he, he played really well, you know, that, that that's going to haunt the jets. I think you saw the difference in the quarterback you wanted and the quarterback he ended up with Lawrence did, you know, in rainy conditions, tough conditions against good defense against good defense threw the ball effectively. And he ran like he looked like a gazelle. It was beautiful. He just looked perfect running. Meanwhile, Zach had the inability to read any blitz. He couldn't get when he got outside the pocket. He stays back like he has no awareness of just trying to get positive yardage. He goes backwards. He chucks. I mean, he should have had four interceptions. It's a miracle. He only ended up with one in the stat sheet. The one, the deep one should have been picked, you know, and there were drops too, obviously, but like so many Easy throws, and then Strebler comes in, makes the little little softy for first down. The crowd goes absolutely nuts. And listen, Strebler didn't score, but the offense showed. Like I was exuberant on my couch when Strebler was in, and then running, and then gets the first down. First downs and running the ball was the exciting part of the game. Like we shouldn't have to wait that long, and that should have been the case. That the Jets' offense was better with Joe Flacco, with Mike White, with. Chris Trevler with Josh freaking Johnson. They've been better with every quarterback but him. They've shown the ability to move the ball. It's unreal. And that's where I know you mentioned Michael LaFleur in your open there, right? And I I, I've, I heard Jets fans were all over Michael LaFleur last night. This ain't Michael LaFleur, man. Like, this is not Michael LaFleur. He, like, the offense works when he has a different quarterback in there. Like, he's still calling the plays. And I get if you want to nitpick about the goal line in Minnesota, that's fair. Go ahead. But, like, overall, Mike LaFleur is not the issue here. The quarterback is the issue. And and the offensive line is becoming a very big issue, Jake, too. They they are beat up and they are terrible. And, you know, I'm not excusing Zach, but they did not really help him out last night either. There was no running game, four rushing yards in the first half. Um, you can ding LaFleur on that, like five rushes for four yards. It's a pouring rain night. You got to get the running game going. But And then I will say this, Jake, watching Doug Peterson call plays – was like a work of art. The third and one where, you know, Lawrence fakes the handoff and hits Evan Ingram for the long game. Then it was, I think, third and nine, and Etienne runs right up the middle. Like, he he was feeling it last night in the first half. The second half, the Jets' defense, I thought, caught up. But the first half, they were on their heels. I thought Peterson called a good game. And, I mean, you saw that, the difference in coaches. Doug Peterson is Super Bowl champion head coach. And, listen, Sal is the guy. I like him. But we're, we're keeping the receipts, bro. And you you tweeted it. Every writer tweeted it. You had to make the change at halftime at quarterback. That wasn't even a controversial decision, Cod. It was the only decision. Right. I said Flacco. I said Strebler. I said go ask Fitz if he wants to play. You know, I tweeted send you to the field. Send you to the press box of the field. Todd Bowles once commented. He saw me throw. I threw a pass. The ball came on the sideline of practice, and I threw it back in, and Bowles yelled, Hey, Cod, I guess you were an option quarterback. (laughs) I'll take it. the option. Yeah, I mean, they had to do something, Jake. I agree with you. And he said after the game, I asked him. 
you know, did you think about it at halftime? He said, no. And then, I mean, this like protecting Zach stuff is getting old too, where he's like, oh, well, it wasn't really, you know, about Did he say Zach. he got better? Yeah. Well, he got better since he's come back, he said. Yeah. Oh, and he said, but he didn't say it has to show on the field, but I guess oh. he's talking about practice. But he said, like, the Strebler thing was just about throwing a change up and, like, you know, getting the running game going. It wasn't about Zach. How could it not be about Zach? Like he was terrible. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't put Strebler in there if he was playing well. So they they're protecting him still. It's getting old. Uh, I I'll say this, Jake. Zach Wilson had a different look after this game. He looked shell shocked. I think this kid, his confidence is shot. To me, he needs to just get away from football for a while. He needs to go to an island with his girlfriend for a couple weeks. Hopefully no Jets fans like you will be there yelling at him at the pool. I might be. If it's mid-January, I might have to book my trip. Yes. So, but he needs, like, he needs to just, like, get away from football. Don't touch a football, nothing. And then get back to work in February. Like, he, he, he looks right now just his confidence is shot. I have not seen that from him before. He's a usually very confident kid. Last night, he just looked, looked beaten, like a beaten man. Stop coddling the quarterback there was no reason after that game say it like it is zach wilson sucked our quarterback was bad he needs to say zach better sucked but he can say hey i wanted to make a change because zach wasn't getting it done right just simple as that it's easy you know the whole we haven't seen the last of them you know I, i mean that sounds like a threat to jets fans right now but you know the good news jake is i do think mike white will be cleared for seattle I, I think you'll see White for Seattle. I th- I, that's kind of what I've thought all along he'd be back for since they made the announcement that he wasn't cleared. So we'll see. You know, we'll see next week if he gets cleared. There's two more football games. I had no idea. Season's over. I mean, there's still yeah. Two well, games. they 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 can be mathematically eliminated this weekend, Jake. It's a lot has to happen. I think it's the Dolphins have to win, the Patriots have to win, the Chargers have to win, and then either the Ravens or Browns have to win. So that's a lot. You know, but they can actually be eliminated this weekend. Well, and here's the thing. They lose. You say there's a lot of situations where they could be eliminated this weekend. There's also situations where they're still in this thing, which is why I'm like, all right, yes, it's basically over. But when I was going through the scenarios and listen, obviously you have to win, win two. But like as you go through the scenarios, you need the Dolphins to lose to either the Packers or lose to the Patriots. Now, if the Patriots win versus the Dolphins, they need to lose to the, you're going to get confused. This is like Pythagorean theorem. Come on, come on. I feel like I'm in, I feel like I'm in freaking biology class here in high school. I I was terrible. I'm like, I'm getting lost here. Well, essentially the Patriots have to lose. Is this algebra? What, what do you do? Yes. Well, I was actually good in algebra. Algebra is one of the easier parts of math. The Patriots essentially lose to the Bengals and they lose to the bills, which they're not going to be favoring either. So that's possible. And they beat Miami. The Bills might have nothing to play for in that last game. Or, or they could be playing for home field, too. So that maybe, game could maybe, mean something. Maybe, but yeah, 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 that's true. But, you know, remember a few years ago when Matt Barkley played the Jets. In the Listen, Patriots season. lose two, Dolphins lose one, Jets win out. That's the n- most normal, less insane path for the Jets to be in the playoffs. I think there might be a well, wait few a second. minor Isn't things. The tit- but- well, what about like, what if not the AFC South now, right? Because And then I, I think if the Titans beat the Jaguars the last week, that, that would be the icing on the cake. So, because the Jaguars would get to nine losses. So that would get rid of them and that, not worry about that time. But they lose every time. We knew these tiebreakers could play. Yeah. Although I just can't see the, the the part I can't see is the Jets winning the next winning. two games. Yeah. You know, Mike White's back, maybe. Uh, yeah, he- but Seattle, I mean, Seattle's fighting for their lives and it's that's a tough trip to 
fly out to Seattle and then they're gonna have to come back play in 80 degrees in Miami. You know, that's gonna that's not gonna be easy either. Especially I think the they're fighting for their lives. But we have to lay out the scenario that yes, there is a possibility. It's down to 10 percent. It went from 25 to 10 percent for the so if you want to say saying the, there's a chance. Yeah, you want a dumb and dumber gift may do it. So you're saying there's a chance. There is a slight chance. I kind of want them to. I hate to say that. I want them to kind of lose because if the, if the scoreboard work, works out and then they beat Seattle, then it's like, damn it, they could still make it to Miami. Maybe I still end up going oh, to Miami. Sorry, <laughs> bro. Yeah, this was this was the icing on the cake. This was bad, and um, I think we've seen the end of Zach Wilson. I tweeted 2023 quarterbacks: Garoppolo, Mike White. I think any Jets fan would sign up for that. If no. they sign Garoppolo, Garoppolo is a quarterback. Because Garoppolo yeah. is a $35 million a year quarter. Well, assuming he's ready, you know, for yeah, week yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yes, yeah, Mike White would be too. But, I mean, they were talking about Garoppolo could play in the playoffs. He'll be ready for next season. It was His injury was not as bad as initially thought. So, I think he'd be ready for next season. But if they sign him, he's the quarterback. Like, he, he's not coming here to compete with Mike White. That's yeah, well, if you pay – well, here's the thing. And uh, How about a, What about a Mike White-Zach Wilson competition next summer? I don't want Zach Wilson in the tri-state area. Send him to Cabo. Send him on an island with, where there's a lot of MILFs. Get him over there. Get him out of here. I'm done. Everything about him. The Zach Wilson truthers. Oh, well, the offensive line suck. Well, LaFleur's stop blaming everyone else because every other quarterback had success. I agree the offensive line sucked. The play calling isn't great. But you still need to show some competency, and he hasn't done it. There's moves he could have made. There's runs he could have made. There's throws. he Like in the end of the first half, that throw to, I think it was Garrett Wilson, wide open, where it just, bloop. I'm shocked he didn't blame the rain after the game for anything. I'm shocked he didn't mention the rain. He was good game. after the game. He was accountable. Give him that. So, you know, I know he, he got ripped hard after New England. So you got to, he's grown since then. But yeah, uh, the thing is, Jake, uh, you know, when you watch the Mike White offense, right, they, they weren't lighting it up at all. But he just gets the ball out of his hands quick. He looks like he knows where he has to go with the ball. He finds the open receivers. Zach is just holding the ball. He's not processing. He's not seeing open receivers. When he sees them, he sees them late. And that leads to these bad throws. Uh, Like he is just a mess right now, mechanically, mentally. Like I said, he needs to go to a beach. He he needs a true reset now and and just, just get away from it. I need a beach. I, I I need to go somewhere warm and away from watching Jets football because it was a fun season. It was the best season of this podcast. That's a low bar. Yeah, I mean <laughs> the best season. <laughs> the best season of the podcast. Best season since 2015. It was a fun ride. We could say that, but right now you can't look at this season and be like, "Wow, this season was a success," because from where they were to where they are now, it's just pathetic. And it's I hate to say this. The, the three words, but same no, old Jets. No, it's not the same old Same Jets. old Jets. It's not. Think, it's not it's in not terms of how it played out, I don't think it's the same old Jets. The roster, everything's bright, and, and they get Vera Tucker back, Brees Hall. And, I mean, you continue to see how much you mean. Because I think even with this bad offensive line, I think Brees Hall would have found a way to get more positive yardage. Here's That's- the thing with Brees Hall and what they're missing right now. Brees Hall could turn a three-yard run into a 60-yard run. Okay, they do not have anyone on the field right now that can do that. Garrett Wilson is the closest, right? He can do some things with the ball, but he can't get the ball without a quarterback. So, but Brees Hall was a home run hitter, and like you saw it in Green Bay, you saw it in Denver. The offense wasn't great in those games, but Brees was able to just break some things, and they just really, really missed that element of what that he brought to the offense. Save us, Brees. Save us, Elijah. Save us, Makai. But when are they going to be ready? 
when is Bree? I mean, Brees injured the knee in late October. I don't know what. Like, is he gonna be ready for the start of next season? Yeah, I think Vera Tucker will be. Yeah, and then Makai Becton. I, I don't know what you're thinking with him. He hasn't played in two years at this point. No? He's got to become something because you're. I hope you're not seeing George Fant next year as the starting. I don't think you're gonna see George Fant. I think he's gonna be gone, but you might see somebody else. I I, I just think. With Makai, I was talking to somebody last night about this. Like, what do you do with him? Because it's hard to pencil him in as a starter right now. Like, you see what Deshaun Watson's going through, right, in Cleveland after missing two years of football. Like, you you don't miss two years of football and then walk right back in and you're, okay, I'm ready to play. It doesn't happen. So I don't think they can count on him as a starter next year. It's not even Christmas and we're talking about next year. I thought we were going to be in the hunt on Christmas and we're eliminated. Yeah, you'll still be in the hunt. You're not eliminated. You're still in the hunt. You'll still be in the graphic on on Saturday and Sunday, Jake. In the graphic what, at have, seven and eight below the Raiders. The freaking Raiders. They're not below the Raiders. They're not below the Raiders are six and eight. They're not below the Raiders. They're below the Jaguars now, but they're not below the Raiders yet. They're tenth. Uh, I haven't. We haven't done this on the show all year, Jake. So tankathon. Oh my God. The Jets right now would be picking fifteenth, Jake. Have you started? to scout the draft yet? Have you started to look? Are you thinking tackle uh, with the 15th pick? Are, <laughs> are you thinking tackle? I think, you know, there could be a good tackle at 15. There could be maybe maybe a tight end, maybe a safety. What, what, like, what are you looking at at 15? He's talking about Tankathon. It's December 23rd. Well, it's we not usually, even Christmas. We usually talk about Tankathon on October 1st. So Yeah, congrats, Jets. You were, rel- you're, you were relevant past Halloween this year. You made it to Christmas. You, didn't, you made it. No, no, no. The Jets made it to the sixth night of Hanukkah. I had to do the math. They're Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. They made, it, they made it to Festivus, Jake. Today's Festivus. They made it through five nights of Hanukkah and Festivus. There's the Festivus for the rest of us. Go unwrap your presents on Christmas. It'll be a lot of coal this year. All right, well, we'll be back next Thursday to preview a potentially irrelevant game in Seattle. Geno Smith will not lay out the final punch. Or Geno Smith with the knockout punch. It actually will be for their playoff hopes if he does, which especially if all the scores the Jets need happen this weekend, and that's a big game, he can deliver the the literal knockout, like eliminate them from contention, which... I know yeah, it's your smile on your face. Poetry. Right well, it's poetry, Jake. It's poetry. Kaz has an Edgar Allan Poe column ready to go. I had this one last night, Jake. I know you read all the stories, but. I know, had like, Strevelation ready for the back of the New York. The, uh, my lead was, you know, the Jets appeared on Amazon Prime last night and failed to deliver. Oh, my well, get God. Get it? Deliver Amazon Prime? Deliver. Oh, my God. Get it? Deliver Woo-hoo. me a bottle of tequila right now. Good God. On that note. We'll throw it to Gary V next on Gangs All Here. Uh, it's it's not about playoffs right now. It's not. We played four consecutive teams that are in the hunt for the playoffs. We battled three of them and just really disappointed about the show on the day. But right now, it's not about playoffs. It's getting off this mat and trying to freaking find a way to put together a football game. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. All right. Another fellow passionate Jets fan to talk to here on Gangs All Here. Jake Brown here checking in. After Thursday's loss, we chat with the CEO of Vayner Sports, Vayner Media, V Friends, Wine Techs, 
You know him as our diehard Jet fan, maybe Jet owner one day, although I don't know if I'd want to own this franchise right now. Might have to give it some time. Let's welcome Gary V to the program. Gary, how you feeling today? How you feeling this morning after a loss that uh, a lot of us say wrap up the Jets playoff hopes? First of all, thanks for having me on. Happy holidays, everyone. Weird, you know, like a mix of like, I kind of always have this very weird feeling when the season's over. I know it's not mathematically over, but I think everyone knows we're not making the playoffs. So, you know, a little bit level of like deep disappointment, I guess some weird version of relief. I definitely go into the Seattle game with a very different energy than I've gone into every game this season. An energy that I think a lot of us have been accustomed to over the last seven years, at least, which is just indifference or hoping for playoff position. I mean, I, it didn't really didn't feel like this was going to be the season where I'd be going into games okay with losing because I wanted a better draft position, but that's the mindset I go into the Seattle game. Yes, it was rough. You know, um, I was saying right before we started recording, I go to every, every game except I tend to miss the last home game of the season because my kids are off and we go down to Florida for vacation and this was no different. It's just very tough. It's tough. I don't recall. I mean, it's been years. I don't even think in 2015 I did it. It's probably been a good decade since I went crazy on Twitter about a Jets game. So I got a little frustration out late last night. I went to sleep at like three in the morning. We're recording this at 830. So not a lot of sleep, a lot of disappointment. It's tough. Yeah, Gary, I mean, I can I could barely sleep either. It's so hard to after what we watch, not just at the quarterback, which we'll get to because that's the topic of the day, but the coaching staff. I felt halftime was the perfect chance, Gary, to make a quarterback change, inspire this offense, do something. You saw Strebler eventually come in after two, three and outs by Zach Wilson in the third quarter, but it was too little too late at that point, and they still didn't score anyway. But I just think that decision – the time management last week in the last two minutes. This is complimentary football across the board. And it's not, not just the defense, which was an elite the last few weeks. It's not just the offense, the offensive line, the run game, but it comes down to coaching as well. And the Jets have been completely outcoached on top of everything else that's gone wrong. Yeah, I mean, I thought, um, you know, I think sometimes the other, you know, that cliche statement, the other people get paid. I get the halftime adjustment. You know, listen, it's Trevler, like, I love him. He's scrappy. Like you love everyone who wears a Jets helmet. I mean, I hate Tom Brady more than anybody on earth when it comes to football. If he's a Jet, I love him. So you love Strev, but like, let's not get it twisted. Like I understand the emotions of last night, but did you see how wide open CJ was? That touchdown matters. Like we didn't convert. Like Corey Davis had a drop that I'm sure he'd want back. I, I do really think that Doug mapped a very smart game against the Jets defense a lot of those kind of like short, you know, the tight end is always going to be a challenge in general if you can get him involved. And the run defense hasn't been, you know, it feels like the run defense gives up a couple more yards than we're accustomed to, especially during the Harrison years and things of that nature. So, you know, I think, um, yeah, I, I, I can understand why people can be frustrated across the board. And I, I really think that they just had a very good offensive game plan. And by the way, the defense, once again, played a little bit of a, Ben, don't break. They obviously gave up that very difficult drive, which pretty much kind of put the game into the rotation it needed to. But I understand. I also think we got to watch a full quarter. Strebler, like, you know, listen, that offense with the run option, and you saw the Wildcats stun the Patriots out of nowhere 15 years ago with the Dolphins. Like, it might have worked. I'm not sitting here saying that the Jets couldn't have won the entire game with 15 starting running options and doing dump-offs, but you know, I don't think changing the quarterback at halftime would have changed the game. I really genuinely don't. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, when you activate Strebler, I mean, he didn't know when he's eating breakfast that he was on the team that, that day. Like, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, which is, which is by the way, a good call by the coaching staff in reverse, knowing that, Hey, number two is just not there yet. And he may never be. And like, I get it. And, and the number two quarterback didn't seem like you want to play Joe Flacco. <laughs> Has it more miserable in the sidelines, Gary, than Joe Flacco? My God. Yeah. I mean, I think um, the good news is Joe Flacco looked miserable when he won a Super Bowl. So, like that, just I think it, I think he just has Joe Flacco face. Yeah, there's the Eli face and the Joe Flacco face. Where are you, Zach? Is did, have we? I think we've seen the end of Zach in a Jets uniform. Was that the icing on the cake right there? I have weird preference that it's not, and I don't think I'm totally affected by the whether I am consciously or subconsciously. I think coaches' comment about instant coffee is still right, regardless of how challenging. The outing was last night. Geno Smith is a pro bowler. I think a lot of people recognize that Sam Darnold running this offense during this season probably has us in the playoffs, right? So I get it. Nobody's going to be excited about what's transpired here in the first two seasons. I mean, what are you going to get for him, brother? Like, let's just, like, I love when people talk without solutions. What, like, explain to me the draft pick you're getting. Are you getting a fourth round pick? Is that, is, you I mean, know, you're like, going to have to eat the money, Gary. I mean, I know this is Steve Cohen and it's not easy to just eat money like he's been doing. Well, Steve Cohen can eat money because there's no cap. Like, rest assured, the NFL has nothing to do with baseball. Like, I understand people get excited and talk hyperbole. There's no cap. You pay a tax. When I owned the Jets and there was no cap, I'd spend every dollar on earth to win a Super Bowl. Who gives a shit? You know, so... The money eating isn't super scary to me because it's not the worst contract to eat as a first year deal, even though it's the second pick of the draft. So there's dollars there. It's just real life. Would you rather, like, I just ask logical Jet fans, would you rather get a fifth round pick, right? With an option of it going to a fourth if he plays well? Or would you rather give him an entire another offseason? Whatever you do at the quarterback position, let him compete in training camp. Like, I don't know. I'd rather have him as a backup as a third year player who was drafted number two in the NFL draft. I, th- I think there's nothing left. I see what you're saying. And they probably could get nothing for him. Listen, they'll probably get a fifth, sixth round pick for him. But like, by the way, on this Friday, after last night's game in the last two years and everything that's transpired, I'm sure many people are screaming right now or tweeting or replying like I'd cut him. I don't care. Or I'd take a seventh. I understand that logic. You're just asking me a question. I'm telling you that I'd rather not like trade them. I understand, but you know, I don't know. Like I, I'm a buyer that it takes time to develop. I understand why quarterbacks get thrown in now because of the salary cap, because of free agency. You used to be able to like Steve Young was a Buccaneer brother. He's in the Hall of Fame. Kurt Warner couldn't figure it out. He did. Like stuff happens. Jim Plunkett sucked. Terry Bradshaw sucked. Unfortunately, it's not 1977. I get it. But like, would I be stunned beside myself, shocked if this kid figured it out in year four and five of his career? No, I wouldn't. And for me, that's not worth a six round pick. Yeah, no, I completely see where you're coming from. I think he needs to go to a smaller market team. Maybe the Colts go after him. The pressure of New York seems to have gotten to him. It seems to be a mental thing at this point. I, I really, I really don't think it's the pressure. I genuinely, I, I really, no bull. I don't think it's the pressure. I just think he hasn't calibrated the speed of the game or reading or, you know, whatever it is at this point, like it may be New York and, you know, change of scenery has helped a lot of players and I get it. I just don't think like, again, 
I'm in my logical head now. I just don't think if the fucking Colts called me and said, here's a six round pick with a conditional fifth for Zach, if I was the GM, would I, I, if I was Joe Douglas, I just wouldn't consider that. I just think another year to see if it could be figured out. I don't think he's the, like, I don't think you hand him the keys to the starting job next year. Like you would expect the third year of a second pick in the draft. But yeah, I just, I wouldn't. Mike White, Jimmy Garoppolo thoughts as the as the potential answers for next year. I don't know what the mark, you know, again, this is what like, you know, hot takes on social media or like people on TV that get paid to get viewership. So they go completely extreme. You know, I'm going on this show overly logical today because I'm just I'm done with my emotions for the last 12 hours. So I'm on the other side now. I'm in that weird calm place, as maybe you can tell by my demeanor. What do I think? I think I want to know what the contracts are because we have a salary cap. Quinn and Williams needs to get paid, right? Quinn and Williams needs to get paid. You know, I don't think Corey's back next year with that number. So there'll be some money freed up. CJ's played well. So I know they did some stuff with his contract, but they've got to address some stuff and some contract opportunities and they're going to make a run. They think they're close. So what do I think? I think I have no clue what Mike White's market looks like, but if if all dollars were equal, I'd probably go with Mike. You know, he's got a lot of context with the team, right? The players like him. There's no confusion there. He understands the system. He's been here. I think people forget he's a fifth round pick, even though I think Jet fans know, but like the world doesn't know. Like non-Jet fans don't know he's a fifth round pick, which is more than more than solid pick for a guy who can play in the league. Dak was a fourth, right? I don't have to talk about Brady and there's been plenty of others. And so, you know, I think if all dollars were equal, I'd go with Mike. So what I asked on Twitter, it's a curious question. If you were the owner, what's the first move you make tomorrow or after the season ends? Not just on the field, if the relocation, do you move the team to New York? If you're owner, what's the first move you make on or off the field? I think a lot about what, like, I want my thumbprint to be when it happens. You know, I'm a Jersey boy, you know, but when I first came to America from the Soviet Union, I lived in Queens for a couple of years. And I do think identity matters. And so I've thought a lot about it. Actually, you know, I think if you're talking about luckily the Johnsons are quite healthy and hopefully they have many more years of ownership. You know, I don't think anything transacts until, you know, many years down the line, but I think it'll be contextual to the moment. If it was this year, I would sign Joe Douglas and Salah to an extremely long deal. I would tell the fan base that I don't believe in turnover when you've got quality people. I don't think any logical person who follows this team doesn't realize that this is the best duo we've had in a very long time. I love the way they think about the human, not just the player. I think it's the reason we've been better. We've gotten better. And so the first thing I would do is sign both of them to an extremely long contract, maybe a 10-year deal for both of them, just to let everybody know that we're going to build patiently. Because I think these GMs and coaches around the league fear their tenure and are forced to do short-term behavior, which I think really hurts the chances to build something significant. And so that would be my first move. Is your second move moving the Jets to Queens? Are we going? Are we going to the West Side Stadium uh, package again? What? Where do you want us to move here? I'd be, you know, to be to shoot it incredibly candorous and truthful. I'm agnostic. I would just want to have our place. I can't stand the Giants. I hate them so much, my brother. I I hate Giant fans. I hate the Giants. I hate the Giants. That's it. All right. So you That's so you don't like even a jersey. You would just like a new state. I agree. I mean, I'd that play, location. I play. I play. I mean, play, play in Newark. I play in Nassau Coliseum. I play in. I play any. I play in Westchester. I play in. If I play in Yonkers, just to not play with the. I play in Rutgers Stadium, just not to share with the Giants. I hate them. 
Wow. All right. Listen, I think they need their own. I mean, this is t- the year 2022 in New York, New Jersey. Like the fact that both these teams play. There's a hundred stadiums. It blows my mind. Yeah. I, I don't know about Newark. I, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to commute to Newark, but I would love them here. in que- I live in Astoria, so I would love them right here in Queens, right next door. I'll get there in 15 minutes. Don't have to worry about the uh, trains home, the, the bridge I get home. It. I get uh, it. it. It would be ideal. You get New York team, New York actually playing in New York. Would I'd love- probably, by the way, I'd probably move them to New York, by the way, I just realized just so I could shut up all these Buffalo Bill fans who, by the way, Buffalo Bill fans that you're listening, like this whole concept of like, we're the only New York team. You guys are less New York than anything I know. You're more Canada that you're more, you're not even America, Buffalo Bills. Come on, Bills Mafia. What a joke. You didn't hear shit from them for 20 years. These bandwagon fans hate them. They stink. I can't, I hope, now I'm fully like, Chargers get in the playoffs, go to Buffalo, Chiefs get the one seed, Chargers sneak in at seven, go to Buffalo and Justin beats them. I just want to shut them. They stink. This They're not that good. Yeah, I hate when you're like, oh, New York sports. They're like, you can't forget New York sports without Buffalo. I'm like, you're Niagara Falls. Like, you're nowhere you're near even, New York. There's nothing, has anybody been to that place? There's nothing close. There's nothing New York about Buffalo. There's nothing even remotely close it's such a joke. What a what a silly conversation. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, I mean, I'll send Staten Island along with. But I'm not a big Staten Island guy, so I'll send. I actually like. Them. I actually like Staten Island. I think it's gritty. I think Staten Island kind of represents like what New York really is. I'm down with Staten Island. All right, so we'll keep Staten Island and we'll get rid of Buffalo. I'm fine. Yeah, Buffalo's Canada. Yeah, no, their fan base. They stink. Uh, they stink. I went to those. Ga- I went to Toronto when the Jets played them on a. I don't know, Thursday night, I think years in that fan base is bandwagon is again. There's some real ones. There's some real ones. I respect that. But like these youngsters, they stink. They wouldn't know who Lawson was if he walked in the room and all of a sudden they're bandwagon. They stink. You released a, it was an emotional video. Got me a little uh, kind of onions about your mother and, and knitting the jersey. That was really cool. How important is that to you to own this team one day? Is that like something you have written on your, like on the wall? Like what, what's, what's the importance of that to you? It's, just been a childhood dream. I think I kind of started baking it in third or fourth grade, if I recall properly. Really, the chase of it is my dream more than anything. Like, I really like trying. You know, I'll be very fond. Like, <laughs> if Twitter's around or whatever the Twitter of the day is, when somebody else buys it in 19 years, everyone's going to make their comments. And I'm, I'll be incredibly happy for that person because they've clearly achieved something they've wanted to. I really want to. I think I'm going to. I feel like I've got the capabilities of, to get to pull it off, but you know, I obviously there's so much that goes into it working out. Yeah, I mean, I really I'm very close to my family, immigrant family who came from nothing. Like, I think a lot about that. For the people that don't know, like my mom knitted me a I wanted a Freeman McNeil jersey when I was seven because some of my friends had jerseys in the neighborhood. I love Freeman. That was my first season '82. He went off. As some Jet fans remember that Bengals game. I'll never forget. We just couldn't afford it. That was just not in the cards. We didn't live like that. A $30 jersey or $20 jersey was just not real for our family at that point. And so my mom knitted me a sweater and it's my prized possession. And, you know, the number five was on it. That's why I always throw up for people who have seen me on social media, the five number. It's just kind of a head nod to like how much admiration I have for my mom and my family. And, you know, I really would love to pull it off. But, you know, the thrill of the hunt, I would say, is what drives me. I will try like hell to pull it off. And if it doesn't happen, as long as I left it on the field, I'll be okay. 
Man, I wish you'd do one day, and I wish you had the capabilities to do what the baseball and Steve Cohen's doing. Because as a diehard Mets fan, we are obsessed with Steve. Like, what do you think watching this go now, buying every player in sight? You know, it's funny. I I grew up a Yankees fan. I grew up in Jer- like I said, I came from the Soviet Union. I grew up in Jersey when I really started picking my teams. Besides the Rangers, I picked them a little earlier, and. So I grew up a Jets-Yankees guy, and it was really tough because the 80s, the Mets were really good, 86, 88, and the Yankees sucked. The Perez brothers, the Negro, like it, it was really rough out there. And then obviously the Yankees got good. They won in 96. I'm a little bit weird. The Rangers won in 94, the Yanks won in 96, and I kind of stopped going hard on it. I'm basically down to Jets and Knicks, though I've gotten much more back into the Rangers. But with the Yankees, my little guy, he had cousins six months and six months older and younger that I knew were going to be a Mets fan. So I've reached him a Mets fan. And so I'm just happy for Mets Nation. So obviously, as you can imagine, I'm sure this will make sense to everybody listening. So many of my Jet diehard friends are Mets fans. And, you know, I'm really happy. Like ownership matters and baseball probably the most, in my opinion, given that there is no cap. And if you're willing to pay the tax and, you know, I think um, there's just a lot of you know, exciting times ahead in City Field. I, you know, they're going to have to still figure out pitching. It's still risky and a little bit older, so they could be vulnerable there, but that lineup's going to be really exciting. I'm excited, man. It's going to be fun. Let's close it out, Gary V, with a motivational message to Jets fans who were feeling down today. Why should we be motivated? What's the Gary V message? Well, if you read me in my Jets thread last night, there was no motivation. I basically declared every good thing bad. But now that I'm in a calmer place, I think you'd have to be completely football dumb to not understand what you saw from Elijah Vera Tucker, what you saw from Brees. I mean, I'm I'm even still praying for, I mean, I still can't unsee Becton's rookie year. I know it's been bad, but like I have a weird feeling it might not have to be, you know, like it might not have to be. So there's still a Long shot prayer there. I know back-to-back season enders is tough to come back from, but you got that in mind. I don't have to say anything to anybody listening here about Sauce and Garrett, right? I mean, that's just profound in this NFL to get a quarterback in a corner with that skill set. You know, and, you know, Quinnen is like, and by the way, I don't know if everybody remembers, but two games into Quinnen's second year, go read Chet's Twitter. You know, he started to wake up against the Niners, which I think was the third game that year. But like, go, go look at that. Go look at 19 games into Quinnen's career or 18 games because I think they played 16 that rookie year. Like, you know, Quinnen's all world. We know that. I don't know if people realize how young DJ Reed is. Some people may know my brother, AJ, reps him. So obviously I do know (laughs) he's still very young. He's clearly a player. Our cap situation, Joe D has done a good job with the contracts. I think we're going to have some flexibility here. So there's just Zonovan. You know, I still think Michael Carter's, you know, we got hurt this year, brother. Like, we just got hurt, right? Like, so I think the GM has also showed that whether UDFA or on waiver wires, look at all the pieces we were able to add. Nasty Nate on the offensive line, right? Like JFM, to remind everybody. We've just been able to upgrade and upgrade and upgrade with those little shifty moves. Uh, Quincy, Quan, there's a lot to be excited about. It just nobody wants to hear that this morning. The big picture, there is, there is, there is, there is. But we were we were seven and four, and I don't think anybody listened to this could have seen a scenario where the Miami game wasn't going to matter. And the fact that it's not, me and AJ always said forever for twenty years, just make every game count. We love them so much. Just make every game count. If you can make every game count, then that's cool, right? I think back to obviously we all remember losing at Buffalo, but I even think back to 
when the Sanchez, Santonio Holmes era kind of, you know, was starting to windle down. There was even that Dolphins game that we lost the last game of the year when the math wasn't good, right? It was like a 4% chance. And I think, I think we can all recall that if we'd won, we still wouldn't be in, but it was fun to at least have that game matter, right? And so for me, this season, as it was transpiring, I was getting so excited. I'm like, oh my God, first time in seven years that it, they're all going to matter. So I think that's why last night hurt and this last month hurt so much, right? Like you just didn't, you know, I remember looking at it, I was like, okay, you know, Minnesota, Buffalo, Lions, Jags. I'm like, okay. And that was realistic about it. I could see there was a lot of injury. Like you could, I think every Jets fan could see it, but you kind of were like, you know what? Just go two and two, right? If you lose to the quote unquote good teams, the first two, fine, come back and win these two games in a four-day period. But we played we played well in the second, like very well in the second half against Minnesota. We played incredibly well on defense in the first half against Buffalo. We're a Michael Carter fumble away from like, who knows how that game plays out, right? I think that it's just so hard to feel like we're here. And the way the schedule played out, right? Like you play the Jags and Lions in October, you just wonder how different those games would have been. And so it's incredibly disappointing but I think I think most Jets fans who are real fans, and I assume if they're listening to this podcast, they're real fans, I think have a very clear picture of what's happening. And God forbid, God, which means God willing, God forbid, we go two for three in these first three picks in this draft. And I actually think I'm going to make a fun prediction. I have no knowledge for, for just for everybody's sake, but I can even see this team trading either their first or second round pick for a high impact player. Because I know you got to know that you're close. You got to know that you're close to having a nice team here. And so everybody knows we got to figure out the QB position. Who the hell knows what they're going to do there? But I know that they're going to work hard to figure it out. Back to my 10-year contract for those two. That's where I'm at, bro. All right. Well, I agree. Big picture. Unfortunately, today is not the big picture, but we had to get a little big picture positivity. I don't know how positive that was. But like, it was fairly positive. Listen, they were on the fifth right tackle this year, Gary. Like you can't you, when the offensive line is that important. It's I mean Cedric Ogbuehi was starting games. When you talk about picking up on the scrap heap, he's one of those guys. I know, and with Cedric, that's what I mean. That's what has me optimistic. Like let's keep stability here. I can't see a scenario where the owner freaks out if we lose six in a row. But who the hell knows? Like I just know that we're not far. And things like Cedric are the things that Zonovan was a free agent, UDFA, right? Like Michael, the two Michael Carters, what is that? Fourth and fifth round, like the, like Clemens, fifth round. Like this is like, there's something here right now. And so think about how, what I just talked about. And I didn't even ma- mention Jermaine, who by the way, because all the rookies are so out of their mind, Jermaine has had a productive rookie season for that position. Like we've seen way worse from Thomas. We've seen way worse from Golston. We've seen way worse from a lot of picks that we've had. And so I think there's a lot here. And so there's a lot to be realistic about. I don't even find it as optimistic. I think when you have this many players that are this good in the first three years of their contract, you know, we just need to, um, we need to have one more off season like we just had. Get us one more off season where two of the three first three picks in next year's draft crush and contribute right away. And let's have the big free agency. And I mean, we didn't even see Jeremy our tight end, like had a red shirt year, a lot to be hopeful for. But by the way, I'm just final thought back to more optimism. I don't know if people really follow football like that, but I think we saw the cliche wide receiver second year hump that Brandon Ayuk had to go through and obviously bounce back. And I think Elijah could be a massive contributor next year. I really genuinely believe that. A lot of things could go well. You got to stay healthy. You'd like to think since we got so banged up this year, we could have a decent year with that next year. And so we'll uh, keep building. 
Brighter days are ahead indeed. Gary V, follow him on social media at Gary V, Vayner Sports, Vayner Media, V Friends, Wine Text. Gary, we appreciate you coming on Gangs All Here and hope to uh, link up with you next year at a game and hopefully uh, the Jets are a bit better. Appreciate you coming on and happy holidays and happy new year. Thank you, brother. Happy holidays. They stink. All right, that's it for episode 132 of Gangs All Here, Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me produce the show. Thanks to Tri-State Cadillac Dealers for presenting this episode. Make sure you catch up on all old episodes of Gangs All Here, wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify. You know the deal. New York Post Sports YouTube. Big thanks to Gary V for coming on. Always love to chat with Gary and really hope he does own the Jets one day because it can't get any worse than it is now. So it can only go up from here. And hopefully they do eventually move to New York. Follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio. Follow Kaz at Brian Kaz. I'll close out with uh, happy birthday to my mom, the most supportive person in my life. I love her, and I know sometimes I can be difficult to deal with, but uh, I obviously wouldn't be here without her. I wouldn't be here without her support, without the support of both my parents. Love my mother, and, uh, you know, it's incredible. She's, I won't say her age, but she's in her 60s and looks in her 40s. It's incredible how well she's aged. I only be blessed to age as well as she has so she's killing it she works so hard and uh i gotta give a special shout out to mama brown happy birthday hope you enjoy the day i'm sure they'll get brugger's bagels and go out for dinner my they do not drink they watch jeopardy together so hopefully get you get all the jeopardy problems correct with that and uh happy birthday to my mom for brian costello I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back next Thursday on Gangs All Here to preview Geno Smith versus the Jets. Will the game matter? We'll know a little bit more after we see how the scores shake out this weekend. Hey, maybe the scores shake out in the Jets' favor and the game is important and they're not mathematically eliminated just yet. We want to wish you all a happy Hanukkah and a Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everyone. Hopefully you enjoy your Christmas. We thank you so much for continuing to listen to Gangs All Here. We'll take you through this ride. We'll continue to provide you therapy free of charge for the rest of the season. We appreciate your support all year. We'll take you through at least the week of January 8th, and then uh, we'll go on hiatus for the offseason, but we want to thank you for listening to Gangs All Here. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays, and stay safe out there. Zach Wilson sucks!